0: Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com citizens. you guys doing tonight? Curly, you good? Curly girl, good to see you. I'm glad you're here. What's up, Beck? Ped. All right. Hey, so um, tonight, tonight is an exciting night. Tonight is an exciting night, primarily for two reasons. Number one, number one, don't tell Gabby I'm telling you this because she'll kill me. But number one, there is a ton of candy in the parking lot. I I know. The reason she'll kill me is because it's not for us. It's for the little kids. But I may or may not have had three 100 grand bars. Which means I've had 300 grand. (laughs) Ethan's my my comedy coach and he's giving me the thumbs down. He's like, no, that's not good, Sam. That's not good. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Uh, uh, Favorite candy bars? What are your favorite candy bars? Hershey's? A plain Hershey's chocolate bar? Classic man. What else? What else? A Reese's? Do you put your Reese's? Do you put your Reese's in the fridge or do you eat them like left out? How many fridge, chocolate fridge people? Hey, all right. Shh. shh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop. Stop it. All of you, stop it. We cannot go on tonight if we don't settle. If we don't settle this first, we're not going anywhere. Chocolate belongs in the fridge. No. Shh, no, stop. Hey, do not make me, stop. Listen, I'm older than you, I'm smarter than you. Chocolate belongs in the fridge. The colder, the better. All right, now that, what else? I got Reese's, what else, what else? Chocolate bar, what, what's your favorite candy bar? Twix, M&M's, M&M's, what do we got over here? Almond. Pfft. Almond Joy? Are you 87? I like I like almond joys. Almond Joy, what? Twizzlers, Kit Kats, almond joy. Hey, you guys can go hang out in the geriatric uh, workout later, okay? Wow, wow. What? yeah. What else? What else? Any others? Butterfingers. That's solid. Twix. Yeah. Butterfinger. Snickers. Wow. All right. All right. All right. Well, hey, uh, this Saturday, <laughs> dude, these kids were like, oh, I'm bored. Candy. I'm like, just the mention of sugar. You guys have diabetes now, right? Um, hey, so this weekend, this weekend, as you guys are trick-or-treating, be safe. Don't talk to strangers and don't do anything I wouldn't do. But I talk to strangers, so figure it out. Yeah. Um, there's no such thing as strangers. You guys know that, right? It's only friends we haven't made yet. Come on. Everybody's a potential friend. That's why I'm here. So, um, hey, tonight I'm excited. Number one, because there's candy in the parking lot. Number two, because we are doing something we've never done before. We have never done this before, but I'm actually bringing back a sermon series by popular demand. So you remember, um, our last series was called treasure Where we talked about our treasure. And then before that, we went through a series called Pictures and Parables. And so let me remind you, you may recall, we started off with a parable. Remember the wedding feast? Remember the king was throwing a wedding for his son? And then he's inviting people. They're like, nah, fam. He's like, but it's his son. They're like, yeah. And he brings them in. And then there's a bunch of people there. And then he gets the door and he looks at the one guy and he goes, you didn't even dress up for this. Your heart is revealed in your clothing. Get out. And so we had a, we enjoyed the wedding feast. We went from that parable back to the Old Testament. We went with a picture. What was this guy called? Remember? A sluggard. Not the slumber, the sluggard. So we talked about the work ethic of a sluggard and taught you how to have a good work ethic. From there, we went back to the New Testament. Remember the parable of the laborers? We did this actually during our talk show. Do you remember me and Courtney did the, the late show or what do you call it? The youth night live or something. And so we talked about how God, he was giving everybody the same reward no matter how long they've been working in the vineyard. And some people were like, yo, that's not fair. I deserve more. And he's like, you actually don't. They're like, oh, that's how all my parables end. Oh, let's pray. (laughs) Uh, From there, remember this picture? We saw a picture. Where did we look? Out the window. And we saw a fool who ignored wisdom. And instead of listening to Lady Wisdom, he followed the adulterous woman to his death. And so today we're going to bring this back and I'm going to show you guys another parable, another parable called the wheat and the weeds. Everybody say wheat. Weeds. Wheat Wheat and weeds. And today, today I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to ask you guys to pay close attention because it's a parable. We're going to have a lot of fun. We always have fun when we open up our Bible and go through it verse by verse. We're going to have a good time but this parable is of the utmost importance. If you, and it's short, we're not gonna do this long. If you guys can remember this parable, if you can grasp the understanding of this passage, it will literally shape, and I'm not exaggerating, it'll shape your entire eternity. This is not just like a little like, hey, give me a little bit of wisdom on how to live. This is not like, hey, give me a little encouragement to get through school. I mean like this parable, it's a kingdom parable. This is everything. It's everything. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to encourage you to to lean in here. I'm going to encourage you to pay attention. I'm going to encourage you to apply yourselves. I know you're zoomed out. I know you're all, you used up all the knowledge cells, but I'm going to ask you to dig deep here, okay? I'm going to ask you to dig deep because we are going to find a field. If you had a field, what would you do? I spent probably more time than I should thinking about this. If you had a field, what would you do with it? What would you do with it? Let me share with you some of my answers. I literally thought about this. Like if someone came and they gave me a plot of land and they said, happy birthday, a field. And it was like a big ribbon. I'm like, what's under the ribbon? They're like, all of it. Just the ribbon in the field. If I got a field, what would I do? And I thought about this, like seriously, right? And I have four answers. Number one, I would subdivide it into plots, build a huge real estate uh, development and make a lot of money. That's my first one. That's my adult one. Okay, will get that one out of the way. Second thing I would do, I would not sell it, do something way better. I would build the world's largest kickball stadium. Foster, you feeling me, dog? All right. Not just like a little like, hey, let's go to the playground and kick the ball. No, I'm talking about 40,000 attendees watching kickball. Why are you giving me that face? Kickball's coming up. It's alive and well. It is growing. All right. I want to start a kickball league. How many of you would play my kickball league? All right, tell you what, if you gift me a field, I'll start it. All right, kickball stadium. The next one, the next one, you you guys may learn something about me here. If I had a field, I would be tempted. I'm not saying this is the A, this is not plan A. If the kickball money doesn't come through, this is maybe a backup plan. I'd be tempted to build the world's coolest display of garden gnomes. No, think about it, think about it. I don't just mean like, I'm not just talking about like a a row of gnome soldiers that looks lame. I mean like almost like a wax museum where you could like literally build gnomes and display them and do tree houses and make it look like a gnome village to where it looks like it's alive. So it's almost like the North Pole, but like gnomes and grass. You know what I'm saying? Like, wouldn't that be cool? Like you stage them all and you're walking through and there's like a gnome like this. And then there's like a gnome peeking out over the, gnomes are cool. All right, all right. All right, my final, my final option. If I had a field, if I had a field, I would be tempted. And again, this is only if the gnomes didn't come through and that's only if the kickball doesn't come through. I'd be tempted to build, like literally, whatever the field, it's 100 yards, I would build the world's longest slip and slide. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, right? you like that better than the gnomes? Yes. All right, that'll be plan B. That'll be plan B, Becky, I got you. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make the slip and slide, but like, you know how like in your grass, you have like the automatic like um, uh, sprinklers, thank you, right? One word, sounds like, right? So you build a sprinkler, right? I'm going to build a slip and slide, and then I'm going to have, like, the automatic, like, soap, the sprinklers and the soap, the soap things, and, like, literally, anytime you want, you can show up to the field and be like, yo, Sam, can I get in the slip and slide? I'm like, yeah, and you're like, oh, and then you just jump on it. And if you make it across the entire slip and slide, you win. Like a ribbon. So think about it. Like you go up to school. No, bro, bro, listen, you go up to school, you go to school and you're wearing your ribbon. You're like, oh, you completed the hundred yard zip and slide. Like, yeah, I trained for that thing. And then it becomes like a, like a, like a thing, you know? And then it's like, not everybody can do it. You don't like my idea. All right. All right. Well, luckily I'm not the one that has it. Not luckily for me, I don't have a field, but we are going to find a field today. And what's happening on this field is way better than a. It's a little bit better than a kickball game. It's a little bit better than the garden gnomes. I still think the gnomes, you guys are sleeping on the gnomes. You just don't see the vision. You don't, you don't get it. And then we also, it's even better than the slip and slide, which I know, Romero, you're like, that's not possible. Do you guys want to see my field? Do you guys want to take a peek? All right, you know where the field is, right? In your Bibles. Come on, open it up. We are in Matthew chapter 13. 24 through 30. If you're new here, if you're new here, tell you what, on your way in every week, you can actually grab one of our Bibles and borrow those. If you don't own one, I got you. It's not a field, but it's a gift, all right? Take the Bible home tonight, it's yours. Uh, So you guys can grab a Bible. Um, Stacy, you'll find Stacy out there in the lobby. Go by her, she'll give you a Bible. Um, Are you guys ready to look at my field? Seriously, you wanna see it? All right, if you're ready, say you. All right, turn the page, here we go. This is Jesus teaching now. Shh, respect the word, respect the word. Here we go. He put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. Welcome to the field, students. Welcome to the field. We have a man here and he owns a field. But he has a better plan. It's not like an empty lot. He's not trying to build a baseball field, not even trying to build a kickball field. This man on the field has a plan. He has a plan. So he has a field, but look what else he has. He has little. He has seed. Hey, 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 look at his seed. Look, look, look. It's not much, but it's his. These are his seeds. And he begins to do a work in these little seeds' life. Look what he does. It's beautiful here. He sowed the good seed in his field. It's gonna take a long time before anything happens, but he puts the seed in the field. And one day that seed, it will grow into a mature wheat Look at your neighbor and go, yo, you're looking weedy right now. Woo! Looking like some wheat, Liv. Some straight wheat. All right? I see you, I see you, Candy. Looking like some wheat back there. Mmm. His plan, his plan is to take his seed, his precious seed. He has his precious seed, but he doesn't want it to be seed forever. He doesn't want it to stay the same. He wants the seed to grow, to transform day by day, little by little into something else. And so people, they know how much he loves his seed. And so people are like, hey, yo, farmer, what's the farmer's name again? What's the farmer's name? What is it? Billy boy, hey yo, Billy boy, I know you love that seed. Where's your seed? And he goes, it's right there. There's my seed. Hey yo, Billy boy, where's your seed? I planted it. But but that was your seed. Yeah, but I planted it. And my plan is that little by little, one day at a time, my seed will be changing. There it is. You see it? There's my seed. There's my seed, oh, and then wait, look, eventually, oh, and it's growing, and it's mature. And one day, all of this growth, all of this transformation started a little, a little, a little, a little bit, and now look how beautiful it is. And all of that process, all of the plan is moving toward the day where the reapers will come out. And the master will say, it is finished. And he will gather the wheat that is his and bring it into his house, into the barn. That's on the final day. The growth is complete. The harvest is glorious and the long process is done. That is his plan for the field. The seeds being planted and growing and growing and growing until the final day when they are done. It's a pretty good plan, huh? You're like, uh, do, don't make me get my farmer hat back out, okay? That's a pretty good plan, right? This is a powerful plan for the field. But there's a wrinkle in the operation, we find out. Hey, yo, Billy boy, that's a great plan, but there's a little bit of a wrinkle. Look what happens. His enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. He did it while they were sleeping. Sneaky, subtle, without even drawing attention to his presence, he planted weeds in the midst of the wheat. That's a great plan, farmer. But we realize that there's an enemy to the operation there is someone who is trying to thwart the farmer's plan for his field and for the seeds. He doesn't want the seeds to thrive. He doesn't want them to become what they are meant to be. He wants to thwart the mission. And so he plans right in the midst of the wheat, he plants weeds. You're like, what's the big deal? You gotta understand. The weeds, they look just like the wheat. They're the same color. They both grow out of the ground. They both have like the stick things. You know what I mean? These weeds here are probably the same color. I know what they're called. The the stick parts, the stalks, right? Not to be confused with stalks. They're stalks, right? They look the same, the same color. They blend in and they are threatening to choke out the wheat. One of them is edible. The other one is not. One of them is the real deal. And the other one is simply an imitation of agriculture. But because he planted them in the same field, it's kind of hard to tell the difference. This is the field where there's wheat and weeds. And everybody who's listening right now just went, oh, I, I thought you said this was important tonight, Sam. Why are we talking about wheat and weeds? Well, you got to remember, you have to remember that this is a parable. Oh, (laughs) this is a word picture. This is a word picture that is given to us so that we can understand what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is a picture so that we can understand the true state of things, so that we can understand what the world is like in God's eyes. So we realize who's the master? God. God has a plan for his field. I'm gonna tell you right now, students, God is not raising up wheat, God is not raising up seeds. He's raising up a people. God is raising up, not wheat, he's raising up a kingdom. You're the seeds, students. The seeds are his people. And just like little seeds, look like at my little ninjals, right? Like little seeds, you're growing and you're maturing and you're developing. You are literally transforming. You're like, oh, yeah, I know I glowed up. Thanks, dog. No, no, no. I don't mean your looks, I mean your souls. You are, yeah, Drew, you glowed up, bro, right? My seed, my seed. That's a fresh cut. Like little seeds, you are growing and maturing. And remember, what's coming at the end of the week? What is, shh, shh. Sh- What's the day? What's the day that everything happening with the wheat? What's the day called? The harvest. In the same way, students, everything in your life, all of your growth, Christian, all of your transformation, it is moving toward the day where you will stand before the master and he will gather you just like wheat into a barn, but his people, his children into his home. That's what this parable is all about. One day, just like a farmer looks at the harvest and he goes, it's done. One day God will look at you and he will end this period of history and life as we know it will be over as he looks at you. I see seeds and wheat all through here as he looks at you and says, it's time. You're mature, holy, blameless and above reproach. You are mine. Come be with me for the rest of eternity. That's what this parable is about. Yay, wheat. Except we learn a very important lesson here, students. God's field has wheat and weeds. God's field has wheat and weeds. Remember, you look at the field and we learned not everything growing in the field is food. Let me say that one more time. We look at the field, not everything growing in the field is food. Let's translate that. Not everything sitting in a church is God's. Not everything sitting in a church is God's. See, when I was growing up, <laughs> life, I thought life was so much easier. It's black and white. If you go to church, you're a good guy. You don't go to church, you're a bad guy, right? Right? So that means everybody that's there in the room on a Sunday, good. Everybody not in the room, bad. And Jesus blows up that entire simplistic overview. And he goes, no, my kingdom, the world is like a field. And in the field, there's wheat and weeds. Not everything in that field is mine. And the same thing is true of the church. He goes, not everything in this room is mine. Not everything in this room is God's. He knows his seeds. He loves his seeds. He has a plan for the life cycle of his seeds. But remember, there's something else in the field and it's not of him, it's of the enemy. And so I tell you this, first of all, because number one, I want you to be alert. Young Christians, you need to realize not everyone around you has the same wheat identity and the same wheat goals and the same wheat objectives for their lives. Not everybody realizes I belong to God and his plan for me is my plan. I wanna grow from a little seed into maturity day by day to the glory of God. My goal is to stand before God one day, mature. Not everyone around you has that same desire. Beware, students, there are weeds and they look like wheat. Same color, they grow the same way, similar size. Don't assume, understand how God's kingdom works. God's field has wheat and weeds. I need you to be alert. But the second thing I need you to do, I need you to look in the mirror and I need you to ask yourself a very important question tonight. Am I wheat or am I a weed? Nah, you know, I'm in the wheat field. I'm singing wheat songs. I go to Wheat Wednesdays. I got my wheat books, my wheat friends. Not everything in the field is wheat, and so you need to take an honest. Well, my parents are wheat, yo. I've been I've been going to the wheat place forever. I'm gonna. T- Not everything in the field is his. Are you wheat? That's one of the intentions of this parable is to shake up. There are people sitting in this context, listening to Jesus and their Pharisees and their religious leaders are like, oh yeah, my, I could trace my lineage all the way back to Abraham and they're drinking their, their you know, hummus shakes or something and, and Jesus says this. Listen, listen, and Jesus says this. I know it's gross, pardon me. Jesus says this and then i like, Pfft. because they, they get the point and they heard Jesus loud and clear. Are you wheat or are you a weed? Do you belong to the master, student? Young men, do you belong to the master or do you belong to the enemy? Young ladies, do you belong to the master or do you belong to the enemy? Don't put that question off. It's not, I know we're joking up here and I'm being stupid like I always am, but like, I don't know of a more important question I can ask you. And I don't know of a more important time that I can ask you because a lot of assumptions that are made in this this time period right now at your age, this is the season. When I was a kid, I used to say to myself, when I'm in my room alone, I go, you know what? I'll get it together when I'm older. I'll live it up a little bit now. I'll go to the parties now. I'll enjoy this season now. I'll just be a kid. And you know, when I get older, then I'll get serious about God. You don't know. Shh, don't do that. You don't know. You don't know what tomorrow holds. While it is still today, respond, are you wheat or are you weeds? Don't assume. I didn't ask you if you go to church. I didn't ask you if you're a member. I didn't ask you if you go to youth group. I didn't ask you if you give your money. I'm asking you, where's your soul because in God's field there's wheat and weeds. All right, well, I got a plan. I got an idea. Why don't we just go break it up right now? Let's settle this right now. Everybody stand up. We'll go into the lobby and we'll just start tagging people out. I mean, like Sam, if you if you want me to like not be confused, if you're telling me to be alert and not assume, why don't we just start tagging people right now? Let's go. I mean, just start like wheat weed 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 wheat wheat. wheat, wheat, wheat. Ooh, undecided, we, 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 right? Why don't we just start like giving out t-shirts? Why don't we just start like putting buttons on people? All the wheat, you sit over here, all the weeds, you sit over here and the people in the middle, you're just not sure. You know, like, why don't we just do that? I'll go around, I'll separate it. Why do we have to live with such confusion? Just let me pluck the weeds. That's not a bad idea, right? No, sorry, okay. (laughs) But you see, I'm not the only one that had that idea. There are servants here. There are bond servants whose job is to help the master with the field. And they notice, they notice point number one. They go, yo, Jesus, yo, God, Billy boy, your field has wheat and weeds. There's both here. And again, they make it very clear. They belong to an enemy. And so they say, do you want us to go and gather them? Hey, Jesus, I grew up with my mom in the garden. I know how to pluck. Do you want me to go pluck those weeds right now? Like, let me just go, like, weed. weed. Do you want me to go pluck them? I'm like a pluck professional. Worked at Plucky Pros, Plucky Cheese. Yes, I worked there too. Do you want me to go and pluck the weeds? And Jesus says it in no uncertain terms. No. No. Do you want me to go gather them? No. Do you want me to go pluck them? No. Do you want me to go label and point out weed? No. My weed plucking friends, listen students to the essence of his answer. What he's saying is you're not good enough to do that. Because when you go and try to pluck out the weeds, you very very well may pluck up the wheat as well. Less than gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. God's servants are not to separate them. Yes, there are wheat and weeds in the field, but God's servants are not to separate them. Isn't that our instinct, though? Any OCD people in the room, any type A's? You guys are going to have beautiful gardens when you're older, right? Because you're going to wake up every morning. You're going to be that man, Ash. You're going to come out and get off my lawn. And you're going to like have your robe and your newspaper. I don't know. And you're just, there's people that they look at their field and they go, it's perfect. My grass is perfect. Dandelion. And they like drop them from helicopters and like, and like, like Monsters, Inc. You know, like the little plate goes over 2319 and like put the little plate over the dandelion eliminated, you know, like. That's what we wanna do, we want it to be perfect. We want the field to be perfect. We want the master's field to be pure. And so our instinct is to go around and pluck the weeds and to try to distinguish and separate it. Who's the real one? Who's the fake? But students, this is the point. You are not good enough to do that because you are not God. Well, that person over there, you should have seen the way he was talking. He's de- you are not God. Well, I have somebody in my homeroom and oh my gosh, I can tell you there. W- you are not God. You don't know people's hearts. And I'm telling you this because if you don't know this, this is the surest way for a youth group to become that judgmental youth group. This is the quickest way for a church to become the judgmental church, because now they're on the lookout for who's the weeds, who's the wheat. And they go, she's a weed. And they pluck her and they go, no, actually she was just a wheat who was learning how to live for Jesus, which is why she was a part of a community of students who were learning how to live for Jesus. But look at Mike. I saw him do that thing. He's a wheat. And you start plucking up people and kicking them out and making them not feel welcome. And now there's not space to just be an authentic community. There's not space to just be transparent and how to learn how to live for Jesus. You are not to try and separate who's who because you are not God. Yes, there are wheat and weeds, but our response in light of this passage, I'm not giving you this passage so that we can go out now with our magnifying glass and go, I'm a weed hunter. No, 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 no. Here's a better idea. How about instead of, responding to this message by looking across the room? How about instead of responding by looking across the room, you look in the mirror and you hear Jesus' words to you and you ask yourself, am I wheat or am I a weed? Don't play who's who. Don't play let's pluck the weed. That's not your job. As a student, don't look across the room. Look in the mirror. Youth staff, servants of the master of the field who have been called to be laborers among this plentiful harvest. There are youth staffers. Guys, you're in this room, Zach. You're in this room, Jay, because we have prayed fervently to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. So welcome, look around. So youth staffers, this is your harvest, okay? I'm gonna say the same thing to you that I said to students. Beware of trying to root out weeds lest you pluck up the wheat along with them. Youth staffers, be patient, exercise grace, exercise humility as you remember that we are not God and we don't know the condition of students' hearts. And so we let them grow. We let them grow. Well, if I don't pluck them out now, when will they be separated? If I don't pluck out the weeds now, they'll just keep coming to our youth group. If I don't pluck out the weeds now, then you know what? God's gonna get a whole bunch of weed with his weeds. When will the weed and the wheats be separated? First of all, that's not your job. Second of all, there is an answer. Hey, Leah, did I have included you in that little youth staff intro, but you were so in the zone, I didn't see you. Do you forgive me? Thank you, fellow laborers. Here we go. When are we going to separate the weeds and the wheat? Look at that, look at it, look at it. Let both grow together. Everybody say, together. Do the weed and the wheat motion, ready? Together. That's the weed and the wheat right there. I just started that, that's a new dance. Next time you're at a wedding, the weed and the wheat. Instead of boots and cats, it's weed and wheat. Weed and wheat and weed and wheat and weed and, 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 and wheat. No? Ethan's giving me the nah, all right, all right. Bang, bang, here we go. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned but gather the wheat into my barn. When will they be separated? Shh, shh, shh. let them grow together. There is a season where they will both remain in the field, perhaps even indistinguishable from one another. There is a season where we just have to understand in our church, in our youth group, there will be weed and wheat. Let them grow together. Until the harvest. Until the harvest. Don't try and separate them now. There is an appointed time for that separation to take place. And that's our final point. God's harvest is coming. Kind of a timely time for this sermon, right? It's like there's literally a harvest party outside these doors where there's kende. God's harvest is coming. The harvest time, it is the the universal time where it says, hey, the growing is complete. We got fat pumpkins out here. We got ripe corn. The wheat is white. It is time for the reaping to come. Guys, harvest time is not just an excuse to go trick-or-treating. Like in an agricultural society, they were like, yo, this is our food for the year. This is the point. This is the season toward which everything was growing. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. To collect the harvest, the master, he will take the fruit. He will take all the reward. He will take, remember his little seeds? Remember his plan for them? His plan is now complete. And he comes and he takes his wheat that are his and look what he does he gathers the wheat into his barn. Did God get his? All of his little precious seeds? Did the weeds destroy that? No. Did the weeds rob all of the wheat? No. Was God concerned that he wasn't? No. Because in the end, God will have his. doesn't matter how much weed, how many weeds are, are in the midst of the weeds, how many weeds are in the field. In the end, God will have his, he will have his, his children. He will have you little seedlings. Hopefully you're not seedlings anymore. Like you come in in sixth grade and you're just like a little seedling, short, round, and not sure what to do with you. (laughs) And then hopefully by, hopefully freshman year, you got a little sprout, a little green on top. Becky, you're getting there, right? And then by the time you graduate, you're just like this floppy, awkward, I'm ready for the world, (laughs) you know? You'll be there. God will have his. The work that he began in your life, young seedlings, the work that he began in your life, he will be faithful to complete it, no matter the season, no matter the weather, no matter the weeds. And I entrust to you, my little seedlings, I entrust you to the owner of the field and to the servants that he has brought in his service. God will have his, but there's a very different fate. Notice the weeds, the weeds are not brought into the barn. The weeds are not brought into the barn. Instead, the weeds are to be burned. Again, let's, let's flesh out the metaphor here, right? You're growing a field. You go, oh man, that's there, I'm done, it's ready. But wait, there's these weeds. These weeds, so you collect the weeds and they have the little, you know, the stalk things and they're, so they're kind of nice, like to burn. And so what I do is I take them all and then I, I wrap them up with some twine and I put them in my shed. And next time I have a fire pit at my house, ayo, I got it. All right. That's what he's saying. He's like, the weeds, yes, they were allowed to grow up for a time with the wheat. Yes, there was a season where they were almost indistinguishable. Yes, there was a season where they were allowed to hide and blend in. Yes, there was a season where they were allowed to go to church and nobody was calling them out. Yes, there was a season where they grew up next to the Christians and they were not plucked away. Yes, there was a season where they blended in. No more. Because the wheat is gathered into the barn. And the weeds, they're wrapped up and they are given the only destiny, the only fate that is fitting for weeds. It's the fire pit. Nobody's confusing the weed and the wheat now, right? You get to verse 30 and there's no more confusion. The servant's like, well, wait a minute, we can't tell the difference. Oh, Very different destinies. In the end, it will be clear because the master has separated them and their fates are very different. Make no mistake, students, God is not duped. In the end, he will have his, his pure, undefiled, authentic community of followers, his children. In the end, God will have his and then a warning for the weeds among us. You may be blending in now, but the fate of a weed is unavoidable. You may be blending in now, but the fate of a weed is unavoidable. That's heavy. And that's the realest that anybody will ever tell it to you. And so here's how we respond. Because yes, that is heavy. But if I were to leave you there, that would be bad news. (laughs) If I were to just leave that right there, be like, hey, weeds, you can blend in now, but you can't hide forever. I mean, that would be, that'd be a lot. Like I would go home if I were you and feel very, very bad and not sure what to do. Because that is a weight that I can't lift but let me give you some humble truth here. Everybody, eyes up here. Humble truth. I'm gonna tell you something that is not nice, but it's true because I love you. Every single one of us is born as a weed. But I thought I was God's precious seedling. Yeah, you weren't always though. Every single one of us was born a weed. We are all born deserving nothing more than to be thrown into the fire pit, not brought into the barn. Oh, my family is actually a really good family and you should have seen my grades when I was a kid and I played nice with others and I was excelling at all my shapes and colors as a child. All of the things that we do to look at each other and describe goodness and badness, all of it is bad compared to the perfect holy God. Like, do you understand that? Like we'd like to make ourselves feel better by comparing. Well, at least I'm better than him. I'm better than her. I guess I could do... I don't care if the weed is taller than another weed. It's a weed. Guys, hear me. My young, fragile, Gen Z, social media savvy people. None of you are good. Not one by nature. Well, I'm offended. Good. Good. Because it's true. Your boy was not good by nature. I was born a weed. Can we get a t-shirt? Where's new dream factory? I was born a weed. I know it's fashion, but I changed it. We were all born weeds. There is nothing inside of us that deserves to be brought into God's family. No matter our family, no matter our education, no matter our charming personality, nothing is good enough to deserve being God's family. That's the bad news. But here's the good news. God sent Jesus, which is why I said earlier, we're a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus because Jesus came down and now we can become God's children, not based on how good we are, based on how good he is. And when we follow him, it's as if we're walking into heaven and God looks at the guest list and there's only one person on the guest list. Jesus Christ. Like, do you understand this? Like one day you will be walking up to the gates. And if he says, who are you? I'm Tiffany Hoover. He's going to go, ooh, hard pass. Think about it. Who are you? Oh, I'm Jackson Weeks. Ooh, hard pass. Because Jackson Weeks is not good enough. Tiffany Hoover's not good enough. Hudson Wallace is not good enough. The only person who's good enough to come into God's family is Jesus. So when you show up at the gates and He says, "What's your name?" You go, "Ooh, sorry. I'm with Him. I'm in Christ." And that's how you make it in. There's the next T-shirt. I'm with Him. Pointing up, right? Yo, this is free merch right here, CJ. None of us are good enough. We are all weeds. But if we follow Jesus, if we confess our weediness and we follow him, and look at this, this is the most important move you can do in your life. Ready? Watch this right here. You ready? You know what that's called? Sometimes a swerve. It's also called repentance. This is repentance. Literally repentance is this. I'm turning from my sin toward Jesus. Students, please turn from your sins. Stop following your own ways. Stop following the sins of this world that lead to death. Stop being a weed. Listen to the father call you. Listen to the good news he has given Jesus. Turn from your sin. Follow Jesus. And if you trust him, if you follow him, if you believe that he is who he said he is, if you believe that Jesus can do what he said he can do, God adopts you into his family and that God's great harvest, when you show up, he goes, who are you? I was a weed, but by the grace of God, I'm wheat. I was an orphan, but by the grace of God, I'm his child. I was a sinner, but by the grace of God, I am clean and pure. And God, he has given me the status of Jesus and he's also actually making me righteous because he's teaching my heart and he's taking out this old heart of Rock solid poo. It's like, how long has it been in the grass? It's rock solid because it's poo. And he's giving me a heart of flesh. Turn to Jesus. Put your trust in him for real, not just for fake, not just for church, not just for your parents. Follow him. And then, as proof of your faith, as a public declaration, as evidence of your newfound trust, get baptized. Go public. And then we can become wheat, growing day by day in God's grace, being transformed little by little. I love you students so much. It is my privilege, it is my calling, it is my life to be able to communicate to you this truth. And so as the band plays, here's how we're gonna respond. I got two thoughts for you, okay? Two thoughts for you, you can write these down, tattoo them on your eyelids, one for the left, one for the right. Here's the left eyelid. You ready? As we talk about the wheat, as we talk about the weeds, I want you to consider this. Number one, number one, have you become arrogant? Are you arrogant? Some of you guys have been baptized like eight years ago now. You're like a veteran wheat, you know? And you re, and, and you don't remember what it was like when you first got in. And so now you're a veteran weed. You're even a student leader. Whoop-dee-doo. And you come in and you look at all these weeds and you go, at least I'm not a weed. <laughs> what are you? What what are you? You're arrogant. We're all weeds. Maybe some of you were here, maybe even during my sermon, you thought, man, this guy's really arrogant, calling people weeds and calling, no, 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 dude, I'm just one broken weed. I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a refurbished weed guy, you know? I'm a refurbished piece of weed who have become wheat. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. Remember where you came from. Remember where you were before Jesus intervened. Meditate on his grace. Think about where you've come from and let that grace create humility in you. Second question, second question for you as you respond. Do you want to spend eternity with God? Like, honestly, do you want to? Because maybe you're here and you're like, nah, dude, I'm just playing the church game. I like hanging out with weak people because they're moral. I like hanging out with the weak girls because they're cute. I like hanging out with the weak books because they're kind of cool and educational. If you're just here to play the game, dude, let them grow together. That's on you. But if you truly want to spend eternity with God, look in the mirror. Realize that the time for blending in will soon be past. That God's great harvest is coming. And more importantly, His gracious, loving invitation to you has not expired yet because it's called today. And as long as the calendar says today, the invitation is still there. Listen to your Creator, hear Him calling you. Stop running what are you running for? He loves you. He will forgive you. He erases your past. He erases your mistakes. He doesn't just wipe away your record. He gives you a new heart. He will make you new. Just come to him. Come to him and let this parable wake you, wake you up a little bit and snap you out of it. Yes, there's wheat in the weeds and we can't tell the difference now, but God sees and he knows and you cannot fool him. Are you arrogant? Do you wanna spend eternity with God? We all do the same thing, repent, come to Jesus, let him change you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. It is brutal at times, God. It is, you just, you love us so much that you speak truth. And so I pray for my brothers and sisters here, Lord. I pray for those uh, who are wheat, who maybe are, are um, struggling with arrogance, Lord, who look down on those who have come behind them. Uh, may your kindness and, your, and a reminder of your grace lead them to humility. And then Father, I just pray for, for all of our students, Lord, that they would look in the mirror and go, am I gods or am I the enemies? Do I know for sure that I'm headed for the barn or am I headed for the fire pit? Give them sober-minded clarity. And let the dominating feeling that they're left with is not fear, but that fear leads to grace and relief and comfort as they realize that you don't just give us the sobering bad news, you give us gracious and hopeful good news. Holy Spirit, convict. Holy Spirit, save. Holy Spirit, open their eyes to the truth. Give them new hearts, Lord. Grant them repentance and faith. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name.